0: Welcome to episode 24 of the Full Metal Lockdown podcast. After quite a lengthy break, we are back on for at least another two weeks uh, before, you know, I inevitably take another break. But on today's show, we have Derek Boyer from Suffocation, the legendary death metal band, one of the bands that kicked off, that helped kick off the uh, entire death metal genre. Uh, we also have our band of the week we have our song of the week and we have our tour of the week uh we discuss uh who the what the best metal albums were of 2014 and we also find out whether or not derek boyer would punch Madonna in the face yep yeah. before all that what do you say we uh, kick off the show <laughs> we <laughs> Thank you for sticking around and listening to me babble on about bullshit. As I said before, this is the episode 24 of the Full Metal Lockdown podcast. I am Tom Roberts, as always used to be every week, but uh, as you will have noticed, it has gotten less and less more... Com- uh, sorry, let me speak in English for once. It is being less and less common. For me to uh, put more and more shows up. Uh, I have changed the format. It is no longer running season to season. Once a week. Once the season has started. Uh, due to health concerns on my end. Uh, having to take it a bit easier. And due to me taking a few other things. So I'm like a new baby. And we'll go to that later. Uh, my, uh, I've had to change the uh, way I run the show. So, instead of doing uh, an episode a week every week after the season starts, I am dropping the season format, so I will no longer run the show in seasons uh, but uh the episodes will come out when I can get episodes out uh that means that it could be a week break it could be a two-week break it could be a one-month break it could be a six-month break i don't know i will keep you up to date on my twitter which is uh at tom underscore roberts 1989 or i will keep you up to date on the facebook page facebook.com full metal lockdown or just search the Full Metal Lockdown Podcast. And I will keep you up to date when a new episode is coming out. However, there were supposed to be episodes earlier than this one. I just ran through a few mishaps and fuck-ups. To say the least. Uh, pretty much, I had our Bjorn Strid from Cellwork lined up. Did the interview, it was a fucking excellent interview. It was a great interview. I went to save the file on my recording program and the file corrupted and I lost it. Uh, There were a few others where Optus screwed me over by dropping the towers out so I couldn't make phone calls for three days. Yep, thanks for that Optus. So uh, the break between this episode and the next one, it's not going to be very long because I should have an episode lined up for next week, all going well, uh, with a live interview with the one and only Sagration. I know Chris Rand has been on the show before, but it will be a one-on-one interview live with microphones sitting in front of each other. It will be the other members of Sugression there as well. I will try and line up a few of the other bands. Uh, we'll talk about the show that I'm hoping to put on a bit later. Uh, as I mentioned before, my wife and I are having a baby. Uh... The baby is due in August. So I've mentioned this before on the show. Uh, but one thing I haven't mentioned on the show is... The baby is looking like it's going to be a bouncing baby boy. Yeah, I'm going to have a son. Um, Cannot wait for him to be born. We're going to name him after my grandfather, which is Augustus. And we're going to name him... Uh, His real name is going to be a family name, which is Matthew. So he's going to be Augustus Matthew Roberts. And I cannot wait to welcome him into the world. Pretty much in August, I'm not going to have many shows because, one, I'm going to have a new baby, two, it's my birthday, uh, three Uh, there's something else going on that's a bit more personal and I don't really want to talk about it. Not publicly, anyway. Um, but yeah, Bouncing Baby Boy, June, August, on August 21st. Uh, so around then, I won't be doing any shows. Um, what I was talking about before with the one-on-one interview with Sugression, is uh, a little thing that is happening in my hometown that I am helping to put on and the Full Minute Lockdown Podcast is helping to present. Uh, it's called Pitted, P I T T E D. You can find it on Facebook, just Google, uh, just go to Facebook, go to the search bar, type in Pitted. You won't miss it. Uh, it's got an awesome lineup of Sugression, Scarred Remains, uh, Art and Craft Must Die, who are a local band, and closing up the night is DJ Frames, a.k.a. me. Uh, I kind of want to change that to DJ FML for Full Metal Lockdown, or Fuck My Life, depending on like how old you are. Uh, because for the, uh, what was the other one? Fuck the world. FTW is fuck the world, not for the win. Shut up, kids. You don't know what you're talking about. You're an idiot. Uh, if you want to go, it is in Batons Bay at the Mariners. Captain's at the Mariners, which is downstairs at the Hotel uh, Mariners on the waterfront. Yeah, it is $10 pre-sale. And you can get your pre-sale tickets at dot tickets.ozkits.com.au or $15 at the door, which for that lineup is a fucking steal. It is happening once a month. Uh once a month, yes. Uh the next lineup will have the band clowns. It is punk, hardcore, and metal. Uh the first two Oh I I've I've given my point of view on that before. First two were linked, the third one's not so much. Uh the yeah, Pitted starts at eight PM. Uh come check out the bands. Uh like I said before, Sgression, the king one of the kings of Australian heavy metal, they're great. They brought out the new album. They're gonna kill it they're gonna play all their old hits they're gonna play all the new hits they're gonna fucking murder people it is one of the uh heaviest shows to ever be in baton's bay i think it is the first the actual first heavy metal show to be in baton's bay um yeah like i said captains and mariners in baton's bay on the 24th of april which is this friday $15 at the door, i buy your tickets ticket pre-sale for most tickets, $10. Um, yeah, which brings us around to the band of the week. The band of the week are a new band. Uh, they formed in 2014. And they're actually from Batons Bay in New South Wales. Now, I'm going to hit these guys up, I can't guarantee it, but... For the first time ever, I'm thinking about putting a band of the week on the show. So next week, I'm thinking about giving them an interview and putting them on the show. Uh, They've got uh, five members, but only four listed. They're a progressive metal band, uh, like I said, from Batons Bay, founded in 2014. They don't have much information. They haven't played many shows have got 240 followers on Facebook. But yeah, they're the uh, band of the week. It's www.facebook.com forward slash pages forward slash art dash and dot craft dash sorry craft dash mustache die slash 373278595. One two three seven seven question mark sk equals info and tab equals page underscore info. You probably didn't need to know all that bullshit, but I said it anyway. uh check me out. Just search art and craft must die in the end. A N D. Uh, all capitals at the start of each word. Um, check them out, they're pretty awesome, uh, they're, they're Band of the Week this week. Congratulations to Art and Craft Master I on getting the Band of the Week and ultimately a Band of the Year nomination later on in the year. Speaking of Band of the Year, I uh, have forgotten to contact them, but I uh, actually sent out, if you're listening, I sent out the parcel of the Gentleman Jack and the Skull, and it got sent back to me, because apparently you're not allowed to send spirits unregistered, in unregistered post or some crap like that, I don't know, I've got to contact the post office and do it all again but it took almost a month to get it back to me without telling me that it wasn't being sent. Anyway, uh, on with the show. So right now I want to bring up a subject that has been playing on my mind a little bit. Not a major subject, not a major thing to be going on with the world. It's not like world hunger or war or anything like that. It's a... Just one little subject. It's uh, metal albums that are underrated because they're mainstream. If you get what I mean. Uh, Mainstream in quotation marks. As in, uh, like, uh, the albums that bands have that I consider to be their best album. But a lot of people don't consider it to be their best album because it's the most mainstream album. Mainstream does not necessarily mean bad. For example, uh, Mudvayne. The album that everybody always brags about is LD50. Sure, it is a fucking brilliant album. I'm sorry for dropping so many F-bombs in this, but I have a daughter. I can never swear when I'm in my studio slash band K slash office. I get my opportunity to swear, so fuck you. Uh, and I never swear in public, so fuck you. Um, yeah, but anyway, Mudvayne, od oh 50 is the album that everybody talks about. It's got a jig, it's got, uh, Death Blooms, it's got a heap of songs in there. Uh, but to me, the best, uh, Mudvayne album is, uh, Lost and Found. It's got... Determined, it's got Happy, it's got, uh, TV and radio, it's got, uh, fuck, everything pushing through, it's got everything on it. But it's not considered the classic album, because it, one, it's not their first, and two, it's really mainstream compared to a lot of the other one. For, uh, another example would be, uh, um... I don't know, what, System of Down Toxicity compared to Mesmerise and Hypnotise. A lot of people would disagree with me on that one, and roughly so. But to me, Mesmerise and Hypnotise get a lot more uh, praise then the more popular album, which is Toxicity, if you know what I mean. It's got Chop Suey, Toxicity, Aerials, fuck knows what else. It's a great album from start to finish. Um, uh, even though a lot of people would say that, uh, that they got better when Jesse came back, and they, it's debatable. They were good when Jesse was there. They're good now that he's back, and they were good when Howard was there. But Kill Switch Engage. A lot of people say that uh, their first album is their best, their newest album is their best. Uh, and for the Jesse years, I would say they're on par with each other. Anything Jesse does is gold. However, with the Howard years, the Kill Switch self-titled album was shit, and everybody calls it shit, because it was shit. Uh, it had its moments, but it didn't have that real classic hook to it. But... It comes down to two albums, Free Call, Switch, and Gage. The End of Heartache and As Daylight Dies, for me anyway, me personally. Uh, The End of Heartache and As Daylight Dies. The End of Heartache always gets more critical appraise than As Daylight Dies, but As Daylight Dies, to me, is the far superior album. The reason why it doesn't get the praise is cause it's more fucking mainstream. In my view anyway. Now like, and corner another example, like uh the actually no they're not. Their best album is their self titled original album and to me anyway, uh that's the one that gets all the praise but yeah, if you think I'm full of shit, if you think I don't know what I'm talking about, or if you don't understand what I'm talking about, hit me up on Twitter, which is at Tom underscore Roberts 1989. Hit me up on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Full Metal Lockdown, or just search the Full Metal Lockdown podcast, or hit me up on the email, full Metal lockdown at com. Uh... And pretty much tell me where I'm going wrong, what I'm doing right with this theory. Uh, Tell me other albums, other bands that you have that theory about. And uh, yeah, I will give you a shout out on the show. I will let you know that you're my hero for the week. Whatever floats your boat. Uh, The next thing I wanted to bring up was a little thing that came out in Australia a few weeks ago. And uh, it is fucking brilliant. It is called Netflix. If you don't know what it is, get out of the fucking cave you live in and get the internet. Because seriously, how are you listening to this and not know what Netflix is? Sorry, I've got indigestion. In case you can't tell, Netflix is an online streaming movie, TV show. Uh device. Not a device because it's not handheld, but you can get it on your computer, you can get it on your tablet, you can get it on your smartphone, you can get it on your Xbox, on your PlayStation, on your Apple TV and your Google Chrome thingy. You can get it on anything that can stream and download the Netflix app. Now on Netflix is almost every movie you can think of, although the Australian version have 7000 less, Uh video on demand. It's a yeah, that's the the saying I'm looking for. It's a video on demand service. Uh but it has seven thousand less than America. Um That's brutal. It sounds like a lot, but it's really not. Like seriously, but then again, it could be. Um Netflix has series like Orange is New Black, uh, House of Cards, uh Got the entire back catalogue of Mad Men, the entire back catalogue of Weeds. Um, it's got almost every movie you can think of. Uh, yeah, it's fucking brilliant. I'm addicted to it. I've watched the entire season, uh, series, I should say, so far of House of Cards. The entire series so far of Orange is the New Black. The entire series until the show ended in 2012 of Weeds. I've started watching Mad Men. I've watched countless amounts of movies. It has got an entire kids section on there. Now, as a parent, and I don't know how many of you out there are parents, but fuck me, that is great. You can put it on, and no matter what I put on, it's fucking safe for a kid to watch. Unlike Foxtel where if they put it on a certain channel you've got to grab their remote as quick as possible because it could be a movie with two adults fucking their brains out. Now as a father that is actually a little bit of a concern to have my two-year-old daughter put it on Showtime see a movie of a naked man's ass. Now on Netflix, I can give it the PS4 controller, and yes, it fucking sickens me. But my two-year-old knows what a PS4 controller is, and she can tell the difference between PS4 and PS3. In fact, the other day we we're on EB Games, which is Electronics Boutique for all you noobs out there, and my daughter picked up a bright, shiny pink C3 controller and my wife called it a playstation controller my daughter corrected her and said no it's a ps3 controller mommy they're the ps4 she didn't even say ps4 or ps3 she just said playstation my daughter showed her which ones were which for which console my god that sickens me a little bit that makes me a little bit sick that i've raised but then again, like I don't know, like seriously, it might not. It might. I don't know. It's a new world, I guess, as people say. It's a brand new world, and kids have to know this stuff, I guess, because uh, yeah. I actually, read my wife read something the other day and told me about it that uh, in ten years' time, it's going to be mandatory for kids in kindergarten through the year 12, have a tablet or an iPad device. Yeah. Mandatory. Now, those fuckers better come down in price, otherwise my kids are going to be the kind of kids that go to school and get paid out because they don't have fucking iPads. Now, I have a Sony Xperia tablet because I think they're better than the iPad. They're waterproof. They're dustproof, they're proof, they're the fucking got better apps. They've got Word and Excel built into the motherfucking things, for Christ's sakes. Got better speakers, they've got front-facing speakers so you never cover the fucking things. Uh, and like I said, they're waterproof and expandable memory. You can put an SD card in, the son of a bitch. On the iPad, I own an iPad, it broke. I have had iPhones since the first generation. All broken. Uh, as soon as my lease is up on this iPhone 5, I'm going to peg it at the wall as hard as I fucking can because it's a piece of shit. Uh, the worst thing that ever happened to Apple was Steve Jobs died. Um, yeah, I'm going to get the Sony Xperia Z3. But anyway, oh, I digress. What was I saying? Oh, yeah. Uh, kids are going to have to have Apple iPads or a, uh, tablet device in school now. Mandatory. What the fuck? But anyway, uh, Netflix. <laughs> I digress once again. Netflix, yeah, I'm not being paid by them to advertise or anything like that. It's just something cool that has happened in my life in the last few months. Uh, a few weeks. It hasn't even been a month. But uh, yeah, I'm addicted to it, I'm already addicted to it. It's, uh, what is it? I pay $15 a month and I can get on four screens. Four screens, that's my wife's iPad, my Sony Xperia Tablet, my PS4 and my PS3, which are in two several rooms. Now, to get that Nasdaq, that's $25 a room. Not including the extras that I pay for on the package. a 25 bucks a room, plus $25 to get the movies, plus $25 to get the shows. That's, what, $75 for one room, before I even get the other three, which... I don't know, what, $150 every month, compared to $15 for the same fucking thing. Goddamn. And, uh, one thing I want to point out is, does anybody out there realize that Tony Abbott, and I am getting slightly political here, but it comes back around, uh, Tony Abbott is good friends with a little man named, uh, what's his name? The owner of Fox, Rupert Murdoch, that's right, Rupert Murdoch. Uh, the Liberal government had just placed a tax on Netflix on their streaming in Australia. Now, uh, that same tax is not on Presto, which is funny. Uh, Presto happens to be owned by Fox and Foxtel. All Star happens to be owned by Fox and Foxtel. Fox and Foxtel happen to be owned by River Murdoch. Coincidence? I think not. Yeah, government are dirty motherfuckers. Anyway, that's all I'm gonna say about that. Uh my the next thing I wanna say is sorry, not all government are dirty motherfuckers, just the ones the two at the top in t- uh Tony Abbott and who's the fat guy? Yeah, that fat guy that controls Australia's money, even though he can build count to five. Uh, anyway, um, if you follow us on the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Full Metal Lockdown, or like I've said a dozen times before in this podcast alone, just search Full Metal Lockdown or the Full Metal Lockdown podcast. Uh, you will have noticed that we have merch for sale, finally, it's been one year, since I started this thing, since I did my interview, with uh, Dave Haley, of Cycroptic, one year ago, but, through redbubble.com, we now have shirts, available, if you go to redbubble.com, and search the FML podcast, you'll see, that we have, uh, what is it, five designs available, uh, one's a total rip-off. complete and utter ripoff, I'm not proud of it, but it, it looks good, kind of, uh, <laughs> uh, they're available in shirts, hoodies, uh, pretty much anything you want from their menu, you order it from their website, they print it, they, they get the majority of the money to cover cost, and I get a little bit to run the show, uh, a little bit of money back from the show, so that will go back into running the show, if you know what I mean, after I get the fuck taxed out of me. Um, but yeah, they've got the Keep Aussie Metal Alive logo that I had last in Season 1 and 2. They've got the uh, last year, really. Uh, they've got... Um, the all-metal and mostly Aussie, uh slogan t-shirt with a skull in the background, they've got a bunch more, but the link is on the Facebook page, it's also on my Twitter, at Tom underscore Roberts 1989, but as new designs come out, I will be posting new designs up, if you know what I mean, well, of course you know what I mean, it's not really hard to get, uh but yeah um go to redbubble.com and check it out the fml podcast uh shirts vary in prices they're set prices i'm sorry for the price it would be cheaper if it was me actually producing them and selling them but i tried that and one i can't afford it and two i couldn't find a sponsor uh so if you run a shirt company out there and you want to have an ad on the Full Metal Lockdown podcast, and you want to do a deal, where you give me free shirts or discounted shirts, uh, hit me up at fullmetallockdown at gmail.com, and we'll work out a deal. Uh, I'm obviously not expecting something for nothing, so we'll work something out, if you know what I mean. Um, yeah, so once again, com. Search the FML Podcast. uh, Pick your design. Pick your product. Some of them are wearable apparel only. Some of them you can get as phone covers. You can get as... um, Tote bags. As pillows. As... uh, What else? Oh, uh, travel mugs. Travel coffee mugs. I want one. And even... And this might be the clucky side of me coming out. I've made it so you can get baby wear and kids wear. How fucking awesome is that? Anyway, uh, right now... We're... We are gonna have a, uh, segment that I'm going to make. A regular segment on every future episode of this podcast. Um... It is called The Song of the Week. Um... Whether a guest picks a song of the week or not is up to them. But the criteria about the song of the week is you have to be Australian. Uh, you don't have to be independent. You don't have to be signed. You just have to be Australian and heavy metal of some description. Or heavy of some description. There's a lot of debate on the heavy metal side of thing. Um, and then straight up the song we're going to get straight into the interview with Joe Boyer of Suffocation Uh, but the song is actually the newest single from the band that has headlining pitted on Friday the 24th of April at the Marinos Hotel for $15 at the door $10 pre-sale you can buy your tickets at Tickets.oztix.com.au. Check it out. Segregation Scarred Remains, Art and Craft Must Die, and DJ Frames are uh, finishing out the night, who's not actually advertised anywhere, but he will be there. Wink. Uh, anyway, this song is a song of the week. It is called Segregation. No, it's not called Segregation. It's called Painted in blood, by the awesome, the one, the only, the legendary, the Hedlana so pitted, segregation. I just want to say before we uh, get into the interview with Derek Boyer of Suffocation that Painted and Blood by Sigrashen is one of the greatest metal songs written by an Australian band in a very, very long time. Uh, like, no offence to King Parrot, King Parrot have uh, written some of the greatest songs, same as Naebal of the Scholaris, same as many, many other metal bands. There are some great contenders. They all have albums coming out or have come out, but Scratch and Painted in Blood is one of the best songs that I've heard in a very, very, very long time. And, uh, yeah, that... <coughs> <coughs> Sorry about that. What I just said wasn't not intended as a blight on on King Parrot or Nabal of or any other metal band for that matter. It was not intended as a uh, as a th- challenge throwdown or anything like that, if you know what I mean. It was not an ill will towards you. It was uh praise towards aggression. So yeah. All right. Right now on the line I have uh Derek Boyer from the legendary Suffocation, one of the greatest death metal bands to ever exist. Uh, One of the bands that actually got me into metal. Uh, It's a very big honor of mine to have you on the show. Thank you for being on the show, Derek.
1: Awesome. It's my pleasure. Thank you for the kind words.
0: So you're actually touring Australia in uh, May. Uh, You're going from Adelaide through to... Brisbane, Sydney, Melbourne, and Perth uh, from the sixth to the tenth with Decapitated, which to me is one of the greatest death metal like lineups yeah. I've ever seen. Where did that concept come from? Like, whose idea was it to tour with Decapitated?
1: You know, we're awesome, awesome friends with uh, with Vog, and we've been friends with the band, you know, pretty much since the beginning. They've been, you know, coming together. We've done a lot of touring with those guys over the years. They're great people, really sick musicians, write really good songs. So anytime, you know, management will approach us and say, hey, you guys want to tour with so-and-so? Or, hey, you guys want to tour with so-and-so? Anytime the, the whole thing works out and Decapitated is available to tour with Suffocation, we're always extremely excited, you know, to accept. And I know it's the same for them you know we just love being on the road with those guys we even you know love listening to their music even when they're on the other side of the world so it's a perfect setup for us oh uh,
0: awesome i actually had vog on the show earlier this year and he pretty much said the same thing but he respects and he loves suffocation Absolutely. and I'm waiting to tour with you um In Australia, when you tour in Australia, because I know Suffocation have toured Australia several times, where is your favourite place to play? Is it like Melbourne or is it Sydney? Is it Brisbane, Perth, Adelaide?
1: The entire continent, fan-wise, is extremely similar. They are all such ravenous fans, so I can't put my finger on this city is better than that city. They are all so good And in my personal opinion, it's one of my favorite places to perform. The people, you guys are amazing. The the energy you guys give us enables us to get it right back. And then you give it back to us and we give you guys even more. Something about playing in Australia is just, it's a magical place to play.
0: Oh, that's awesome. So would you say that what, the Australian mush bits, are they uh, similar to the American and the European or are they different in some way? Uh, the crowd's reaction is different in some You know what?
1: That's an interesting question. And in my mind, if I were to rank the intensity of the crowd, it would definitely be the Latin American countries are the most ravenous, that, like, they will break the place and they will rip each other's hair out. And I don't necessarily want my hair ripped out or my stuff to be broken, but when you're up on that stage and they're going nuts, that is definitely the craziest, scariest, most intense Bosch fit. And then uh, I would put Australia right at my backup. They're they're right there ravenous with it, super intense. And then I would say America and then Europe being the last. And nothing personal about Europe. I think they're so saturated with music. And there's so many musicians in Europe that I feel like they're very loud between songs. You know, they're 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 not lacking the interest but they don't violently hurt each other. <laughs> Which maybe they're Maybe they're a, a little bit more tuned in to what they want. They want to go home and actually be able to play because they were inspired as opposed to the other countries. They, they end up breaking their hands, and then now they can't play. <laughs> yeah. So, uh,
0: tell me a little bit about your personal history. What at the base? Why did you end up picking out the base and not... Uh, Becoming a lead guitarist like everybody's young dream. I'm a bass player personally, so I get it. But why did
1: you end up picking awesome. up You know, interesting. Uh, I was a guitar player from the jump, um, and I really liked aggressive music, whether it was thrash metal or speed metal. And uh, right when I started getting introduced to death metal, um, there's a guitar player who joined the band that I had made, and he was, trained he came from musicians institute and uh guitar institute and he was such a magnificent uh, player that it got to the point where um the bass player in our band was not showing up and we had a really good drummer and now we had this really good second guitar player and i was writing all the material and uh one day he tricked me it was the most interesting thing john Remon, who played in deprecated and disgorge one day he took me down to guitar center and he pulled the the nicest, baddest, punchy-sounding bass off the wall, plugged it in to a real sticky bass amp, and he started hitting the strings really hard. And he goes, doesn't that sound good? And I go, wow, that sounds great. He goes, uh, don't you wish you know, our bass player wanted to have nice gear and wanted to have a good sound? And one day, uh, we went back down there, and he pulled out his credit card, and, and, you know, I had been complaining that I didn't have the ability to play what he was writing because he was so magnificent in his execution. You know, he could pick all the values and the 16th notes were very clean and he could differentiate things with his left hand that I physically wasn't up to. And, uh, one day he tricked me and he said, uh, check it out, man. Check out Alex Webster and check out this guy and check out this guy. And he goes, uh, you know, do you have any desire to, to learn how to play bass? And it was the funniest thing. He was a little older than me. I was inspired by him. And uh, he bought me $3,500 uh, back in 1995. He bought me $3,500 worth of professional bass equipment. And he taught me that if I learned all my values and, and stayed in, in position, that ergonomically I would be comfortable and I could achieve whatever I wanted. And that if I stuck with it, within you know six to eight months I could be pre- performing, you know, all of the most difficult bass stuff. And, uh, one thing led to another. I was playing on stage up in Hollywood about six months after switching to bass. So I've been playing bass for, uh, for 20 years now. And, uh, just a little bit over 20 years, as a matter of fact. Yeah, it was an interesting thing. And since then, you know, the other thing that hit me was, uh, bass is such a hidden art, you know, uh, most bass players in the world and nothing against the actual players, but what the bass does in a band, you know, most people, Oh, let's just have that low rumble that hopefully is in the right key (laughs) to, to back up the band. And uh, for me, it was one of those things where I want to stand out. I want to have a really grimy, really attacky sound. I want to play very staccato. I mean, I don't want to lose the fundamentals of, of the low register, but I definitely wanted to, to make a union with my drummer, that would give a platform for the guitarist and vocalist to be on top of. And uh, we all sink in with each other and everything starts working out. And uh, bass is just such a fun instrument. But I I think more than bass, I like making death metal sound sick. You know, Mm -hmm. like if I wasn't going to play with with a nasty drummer and sick guitar players and a crazy vocalist, I don't think I would sit at home and practice the craft of bass guitar. I moreover just want to make death metal sound crazy. So, uh,
0: if you don't mind me asking, what gear was it that he bought you? Like, What kind of bass was it? Um,
1: I got into an American Tobias, and I got into the SM 900 SWR with um, a 410 and a single 1510 horn combination. So I had 510s, a 15 and two horns with a 900 watt transistor with a, a tube in the preamp section. So that, that bass just sounded like a dirt bike. You know, it had a crazy pop and punch with the Bartolini electronics. And, you know, I just loved the sound of my bass. You know, when I first got that rig, I would just sit with a metronome and just bang on the thing, just, just to hear, you know, that, that whack, you know, and uh, since then I've luckily, had the desire to, to learn a lot of tricks and, you know, just how to get all the values out yeah. over the years.
0: So, uh, Derek, how young were you when you first got into heavy music, heavy metal?
1: Uh, I think I was really young. I'm going to guess when I was in sixth... Well, before sixth grade, my father was playing me Black Sabbath and Ozzy and stuff like that. So I was hearing, like, You know, really good hard rock, I guess. And then uh, I started listening to the early Metallica stuff when I was in like fifth and sixth grade. And you know, all of those early, early Metallica records were really, were really aggressive to me. And then as soon as Slayer, as soon as I found Slayer, it was over. You know, I was writing Slayer on the walls with markers everywhere I went, and like I just really fell in love with aggressive music at a super early age.
0: So. That actually sounds very similar to me. My dad used to sit me down, not force me, but sit me down and have me listen to Deep Purple, Black Sabbath, Pink Floyd, all the uh, the classic heavy music from the 60s and 70s. Yeah, got me into heavy metal.
1: Absolutely. And how old are you?
0: I'm 26 at the moment.
1: Oh, that's awesome. That's (laughs) awesome.
0: One of the first, actually, one of the first death metal tracks I ever heard was, uh, uh, actually, what was it? It was either Mummified in Barbed Wire by Cannibal Corpse or Funeral Inception by Suffocation. Yep. Uh, I heard them both on the
1: same day. I just kind of wow.
0: remember the first.
1: Wow. That's, yeah, that's a great introduction to death metal, man. That's like a cool era, you know, right then when everybody was playing really sick. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. And it's that intro to Funeral Reception that got me into it, because that's the first time I ever heard that saying, uh, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing yeah. the world he didn't exist. That was the first time I'd ever heard that saying. Yeah. And it just enticed me. Do you know me. where that's from? Uh, no, I'm not actually sure. I've heard it a lot of times since then, but I'm not sure where it originated from. That, I'm
1: not sure the origin of it, but that, take that you're hearing when you put despise the sun ep into your your uh playback system is actually from the usual suspects the kevin spacey film yeah oh, okay yeah that's where that re- yeah yeah where uh he's convincing a, uh, you know he had tricked everyone and uh you know everyone thought he was like a cripple and uh at the very end you know when he's talking to the detectives you know he says the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist and then he ends up at the end of the film turning out not to be a cripple and he got away with all of the crimes that they committed
0: are <laughs> uh, you learn something new every day now uh um... that's right there are two questions I love to ask. One is a bit of a silly question. one's a bit of a serious question. Uh, I'll ask the serious one first. Because mm-hmm. I always love to end on the silly one. But uh, Derek. What music did your parents listen to? Like you went into a bit of what your dad listened to. But like. I always love asking this question. Because I love seeing. If that music influenced the person. If you know what I mean. Like. What music did your dad, your mom, yeah, yeah. If, if you took uh, uh, your grandparents, if you took uh, a lot of your life from them, what music did they listen to?
1: Well, I mean, in my earliest, earliest days I can remember, you know, there was, there was like Beatles playing in the house and, uh, you know, a lot of that, that 60s and 70s stuff, uh, you know, that was, you know, like I said, the sabbaths and stuff like that. But I, I actually, my father is a classically trained pianist, so I was listening to Bach and Rachmaninoff, and you know, I was listening to some really interesting classical pieces before I even knew what music was. So hearing the beautiful melodies and the intense run, um, you know, just wild, wild wild classical stuff, not a lot of the flutes or oboes or anything, but mostly classical pianos. And so that was what I first heard before I even knew what music was. But then as soon as I realized that, you know, there's artists and songs and bands and stuff like that, you know, mostly the first thing I remember as a a young boy was the Beatles. And uh, my mom used to like play those records. And then my dad would play, you know, the Black Sabbath stuff and... I heard really obscure stuff you know gentle giants and you know a lot of really wild stuff that that no one even knows about anymore
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh wow it's i love hearing the because to me what your parents listen to are the origins of what you listen to like generalization but i i love hearing what the different peoples uh heard when they were growing up in the house sure
1: Sure. Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting The Apple doesn't fall far from the tree.
0: (laughs) So uh, the final question I have for you, Derek, is a multiple choice question. Uh, I end every interview I ever do on this question. Uh, You get to pick one. It's either A, ask me a question, B, be asked a really strange or weird question, C, give me the quote of the week for next week's show, Or D, give me the song of the week.
1: I would actually like one about you.
0: So, you would like to ask me a question?
1: Oh, I thought it was going to spin around. Let's spin that around and let's go. You can ask me something super wacky. I thought you were going to give me something about you for me to enjoy.
0: (laughs) Uh, Okay. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, so B, B asks a really strange or weird question. That's what Vogue actually yeah, picked please. as well. Um, um, recently there was a bit of controversy over, I think it was some rap artist got sick of Madonna kissing someone, I don't know. But if you were on stage, would you punch Madonna in the face?
1: I would definitely not punch Madonna in the face. <laughs>
0: uh, okay. I, I would not. With, uh, what I mean is to it bit legal, and you had no repercussions and it was funny as all hell.
1: Absolutely not. I am actually a fan of some of her work and uh, she is a very big inspiration as far as talent, Over the years, whether or not you like all of her material or not, you know, someone who's able to withstand the test of time and continually put that, put that music out for the people and millions among millions of millions of people appreciate what she does. And myself being an artist, I definitely would not punch Madonna in the face. I would probably just uh, enjoy her company.
0: (laughs) Oh, uh, don't get me wrong, I, it's not her music that I don't like, Iris, because she's been around for so many years, she has to be doing something right, it's her that I don't like. Absolutely. <laughs>
1: if I could have a fraction of, a fraction of, of the success in, uh, you know, performing an art form and people worshipping you, and not that I need people to worship me, but the idea that, you know, she's she's a huge icon everyone in the world knows her as as an artist you know and that's just something to be said and again you know if you would have asked me that question when i was a teenager i'd have probably slapped the taste out of her mouth but uh nowadays i'm a little bit more mature and uh you know i I kind of appreciate her
0: (laughs) yeah so the tour that uh is called the despise the world tour two thousand fifteen it's with decapitated. It's happening from Wednesday the sixth to Sunday the tenth in Adelaide, Brisbane, Melbourne and Perth. For all you people over there in New Zealand, it's happening from Thursday the thirtieth of April to Saturday the second of May in Christchurch, Wellington and Auckland. Tickets are on sale for only fifty nine dollars plus booking fee. That's to me that's I feel I'm ripping the bands off at that price. That's an amazing price. Uh, you can get your tickets now from Metropolis wow. Touring if they're not sold out. Uh, I'm definitely going to be there. And I can't wait to see these two bands just tear Sydney a new asshole. pretty much.
1: That's awesome, man. We look forward to coming ripping it right out of you guys. <laughs>
0: Thank you for being on the show, Derek.
1: (laughs) My pleasure. Thank you so much. Please hang up and try again.
0: So that's the answer to the life old question. Would Derek Boyer ever punch Madonna in the face? Yeah. He wouldn't. And roughly so. I mean, like, it would... Before the uh, the uh, feminists go crazy about me, I asked him a question about hitting a woman in the face. I meant it in a non-aggressive uh, way towards women. I'm sure he and I uh, are both advocates for uh, non-violence against women. To violence against women. The woman I locked down says you're a fucking coward and you should be buried alive. Uh, yeah, so... Uh, but Madonna isn't really a woman; she's more of a man with tits. Uh, but anyway, um, <laughs> so like we said, anybody can go multi-part on every single album she's made must be doing something right. Anyway, uh, so uh, the thing I want to talk about right now before this show ends. Uh, and it's not going to end anytime soon for you people out there who have just gotten into to listen to the Derek Boyer interview. Shame on you. Listen to the whole show, you fucking loser. Anyway, uh, there will be a test. I will send it out to you, and the repercussions will be death if you don't do it. Uh, I won't really. I don't know where you live, or do I? No, I don't. Anyway, um... Sorry, (laughs) tangents, Tom, tangents. Anyway, uh, the best metal albums of 2014 are, I don't know, Uh, that's a question for you. Uh, Hit me up on Twitter at Tom underscore Roberts 1989 or hit me up on Facebook, facebook facebook.com forward slash Full Metal Lockdown or search the Full Metal Lockdown podcast. Or hit me up on the email, fullmetallockdown at gmail.com.com. Dot, dot the yeah. uh, best metal album of 2014. Uh, you can do a top 5, top 10, top 1, top 30, top 50, I don't care. The most common 10 answers that come up will uh, be given to me. Uh, and I will read them out next week. I will even have audio of samples of the albums, if you know what I mean. Uh, they can be Australian albums, they can be international albums, they can be obscured Scandinavian, black metal albums. I do not give a fuck. Whatever you think was the best album, or are the best albums of 2015... 2014, sorry, are... Let me know, and I'll pick the single or the, the main track from that song. Or you can tell me what you think the best track from the album is. Put the name of the artist, name of the album, and optional is the best track. So artist, album, optional, best track. Uh, tell me who you are, your name. And uh, one of you will be drawn out of random to win something cool. I don't know, probably a Full Metal Lockdown shirt, which you can now get at redbubble.com, or something like that, I'm not sure. But uh, yeah, go to our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Full Lockdown. My Twitter, at Tom underscore Roberts 1989 or email me at fullmetallockdown at gmail.com, and you can enter, do whatever you want. Uh, Yeah, or you can, on the other note, you can join our mailing list. If you go to the Facebook page, which I mentioned just 10 seconds ago, but if you didn't hear me, it's facebook.com forward slash fullmetallockdown, or search fullmetallockdown podcast in the search bar which is just below your uh sidebar anyway um yeah anyway uh (laughs) sorry got distracted um you can join our mailing list that's what i was looking for mailing list uh it's a newsletter subscribers get the newsletter it was supposed to be monthly But I've run into the same problems that I've run into with getting the show done. Health and family, people. Health and family. My health isn't too good, but my family's doing great. Um, yeah. So, uh, another question I have, and I kind of want to have a crack at answering this one myself, but who are the current kings in quotation marks of Australian? Metal. or Metal. Now, I'm inclined to say, uh, being my Lord, who have been around for many years. Dreadnought. uh Sorry. Uh, Dreadnought. Blood Duster. Um. Some might even say Parkway Drive can be thrown into that. Uh, Segregation. Um. Who, uh, Nave Livasclarus. Uh, King Parrot. There are so many bands that can be thrown into that hat, depending on what you define as metal these days. They're not so much, but back in the day, they were the heaviest fucking thing around. Uh, H-S-D-C, uh, can be thrown into that. If they're thrown into that hat, everybody's fucked. But anyway, um, uh, yeah, I I believe these days the uh kings in quotation marks. Because you've also got Frankenstein into that. But the kings in quotation marks are King Parrot. And all now you believe They're doing fucking everything. You've also got Barbarian which are there. You've got Hobbs, Angel of Death. You've got all these great bands which could go either way. But yeah. It's hard to answer. To me it's a toss up of two doing now, with and King Parrot, um, no pun intended, with the Kings, and King Parrot, but anyway, oh uh, yeah, they're both, uh, touring like crazy, they're both doing their jobs like crazy, they're both, uh, doing, albums, they yeah, they're, they're young, they've got a lot of miles, ahead of them, uh, and they both take it very seriously, so yeah, it's either Nabal of Iscariot or uh, King Parrot. It's one of the two, I guess. Now, um, the next thing I want to talk about because I'm starting to go over time with my jibber jabber. I've been in trouble a few times with my jibber jabber. Um, hmm. Oh sorry, I got distracted by something on my computer. Um yes I uh, I've been in trouble a few times much of a job from a teacher uh, that will remain nameless but I don't like him very much and he doesn't like me very much because he's a fuckwit. Anyway, uh but I'm gonna leave him nameless. Anyway, uh tangents Tom. Tangents. Sorry, it's really hard to keep My focus on one thing at a time at the moment. Uh, the next section is called the tour of the week, and it's uh pretty much a tour of my choice. If you uh apply, if you subscribe to the newsletter to the mailing list, you know that uh, I have a tour of the month pretty much. Uh, I just a section about that tour but the uh, tour of the week on this week's episode is the Despise the World 2015 tour of suffocation surprise surprise and decapitated suffocation of the USA decapitated of Poland I've been saying Sweden, I shouldn't have been saying Sweden, I should know better I'm a bit of a fuckhead Anyway, for you motherfuckers out there in New Zealand, it is late, so I'm going to call you motherfuckers. Thursday the 30th of April in Christchurch at Dark Live. Friday the 1st of May in Wellington at Bodega. Uh, or Saturday the 2nd of May in Auckland at King's Arms. Tickets only. $59 plus booking fee. Seriously, $59 plus booking fee. That's what, like, fucking 63 bucks if you're, like, being ripped off? That is fucking amazing. I like, seriously, to see these two bands, whatever see they're in is not going to be the same once they're gone. Like, it is going to be fucked up like that's how good this is going to be you can get your tickets from and uh, now you can get your tickets now from metropolis now australia australia mate i was going to drop the C1 but uh, i thought about I not uh wednesday the 6th of may Wednesday the 6th of May in Adelaide at the Gov. Now, Wednesday the 6th of May in Adelaide at the Gov. Thursday the 7th of May in Brisbane at the Hi-Fi. They're going from Melbourne to Brisbane overnight after playing a show in Adelaide the night before. They're getting in a plane and going all the way to Brisbane. That is Fucked up. Seriously, who booked that that fucking route? God damn. Like anywhere you go in Australia is gonna take a bit of travel, but that is just fucked. Anyway, Friday the uh sorry, Thursday the seventh of May in Brisbane at the Hi-Fi. Friday the eighth of May in Sydney at the Manning Bar, I'm going to hopefully be there. I'll be the guy on the walking frame or in the wheelchair. I'm not sure yet which one I'll be in or on or walking with. Uh, Come say hi. I don't drink, so can't have a beer with you. I don't smoke weed, so I can't have a cone with you or a joint with you. I don't do anything else. I had the occasional cigarette here and there, so I can probably have a smoke with you. But you can't smoke indoors anymore anywhere. And if you smoke outside you get evil looks because people are fucking hypocrites. I'll get more on that on another episode because if I had tangent on that, this is gonna be a three hour episode. Uh yeah, Friday the eighth of May in Sydney at the Manning Bar, Saturday the ninth of May in Melbourne at the Corner Hotel. And Sunday the 10th of May in Perth at the Rosemont Hotel. Tickets only $59 plus booking fee. Get your tickets right fucking now from retropolis com. Right fucking now. Now, motherfucker. Anyway, uh, that's the end of the show. That's the end of Pitted. Ah, uh, no, wait, no. Standard, the end of the full metal lockdown podcast. Uh, pitted is uh on the Friday the 24th. I record this on Wednesday, so by the time I upload, it should be Wednesday night. It might be the wee hours of Thursday morning, therefore, you fella. Uh, sorry, I don't know why I did that, but uh, depending on internet speed, is when it goes up. Uh, next week we'll have the pitted wrap up. I uh, will have the live interview with Sugretion. Uh, not in front of the crowd. It will just be me and them with microphones. Uh, and hopefully others uh PID will do interviews as well. Like other bands, punters, we don't know. Uh, yeah, so uh, bye. I love you.